Welcome back to another edition of the Veeries and Numerous podcast. Special thanks to our sponsors who, uh, without them, we wouldn't be able to do this show every week for you guys. Uh, new sponsor this week, Thunder Games. Thunder Games creates games that integrate Bitcoin and process payments via the Lightning Network. They have numerous different games that run their own node. If you wish to connect, their public key is available over at Thunder Games. That's T-H-N-D-R dot games forward slash. And then about, uh, and then if you want to go over there and check out their uh, Telegram and Twitter, it's also available on there. You can uh, hop into the community. Thunder Games are making mobile games which enable players to win Bitcoin for free using the Lightning Network to send prizes. I love to see this as uh, somebody who's a proponent of the Lightning Network and watch it scale. So head over to Thunder Games, that's T-H-N-D-R, period, games, and download their app in the iOS or Google Play Store today. Vinxcoin. Vinxcoin is the world's first decentralized fine French wine and vineyard-backed security token offering, STO, where anyone can be a fine French wine and vineyard owner from the comfort of their own homes. Uh, Vinxcoin removes high costs to enter the fine French wine and vineyard ownership markets. Head over to Vinxcoin.com to see what they're up to over there. Trios, trios Trios.io. What is Trios? Trios is an economy and an ecosystem. Trios is a direct reference to a decentralized money that will power a new economy. In the future, the term Trios will become synonymous with cryptocurrency and virtual financial assets, VFAs. Their payment methods, their ecosystem, and their general use as a utility uh, and a store of value. Visit Trios.io. Charon Coins, you found the brick-and-mortar financial institution where you can safely trade dollars for Bitcoin, USD to BTC, over-the-counter OTC, and person-to-person. They facilitate transactions of all sizes, including high-volume transactions. Their headquarters is located in Milwaukee, servicing the MKE areas of Lakefront, East Side, River West, and all of Wakaja County. More than being just an OTC location, they are here to educate you about Bitcoin, wallets, blockchain, cryptocurrency, security, and platforms. If you're in the Milwaukee area, you can also visit their Bitcoin ATM, where more locations will soon be coming. Visit Charon Coins, that's C-H-A-R-O-N, coins.com. Bitcoin SOV, Bitcoin Store Value, is an emerging community-driven project that has a decentralized team the world over. It is a proof-of-work mineable ERC-20 and has a deflationary design with token burns to ensure your value is stored over time. Visit bsov.io. Lucho Paletti is a digital artist who did that masterpiece right there on the wall, the Andy Warhol, and self-described propagandist known for his iconic Bitcoin artworks. Lucho Paletti's number one goal is to spread the message that Bitcoin is better money. Check out Lucho's work. He has pages of it. Uh, merchandise, all, all the works over at Lucho Paletti. That's L-U-C-H-O-P-O-L-E-T-T-I dot com. Flashcoin. Flashcoin is a reinvention of Litecoin built to scale for worldwide commerce and fast enough to handle everyday transactions. The flexible and easy to integrate core code allows exchanges and wallets to add Flash to their platform within hours. 
With a settlement time of around five seconds and consensus within two minutes, anyone, anywhere can use Flash Mobile Wallet as easily as cash or credit card. Visit flashcoin.io. That's F-L-A-S-H coin.io. And as always, remember, nothing written or spoken on briar.io should be interpreted as financial advice. Always do your own research. You are the captain of your own financial ship and control your own personal financial sovereignty. I appreciate everyone for watching and please enjoy or listening and please enjoy this episode. Welcome back. This is episode number 13 of the Beeries and Numerous podcast. Today I'm with my friend Max Freeman, who's a community member for Epic Cash. He was one of the uh, integral guys to get that project going. And uh, I wanted to have him on the show today to talk about privacy and uh, just the economy and the overall state of everything. He's also, he was an early uh, Bitcoin adopter. So welcome to the show today, sir. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Yeah. So what's your overall, you guys staying safe there? I don't want to disclose your location or anything, but uh, we're in the midst of the uh, COVID crisis right now. It's kind of hard to start at anything right now, you know, without mentioning that first. Yeah, it's, it's surreal. I mean, uh, to me, the, the, the cure is clearly way worse than the disease at this point already. Um, normally in a recession, you would have uh, one or two or 3% GDP decline and unemployment spikes up a couple percentage points. And here the Fed came out, I think it was last week saying that the, they expect the unemployment to be 30% and that the GDP will decline by 50%. Um, and so just we're in absolutely uncharted territory that's happening with uh, unprecedented, uh, unprecedented rapidity. Uh, even if you go all the way back to 1929, which was a crisis that took longer to play out. I mean, we're going to we're going to punch way beyond that. Um, so things absolutely will not be going back to normal anytime soon. Um, uh, I don't mind saying I'm, I'm in Vegas. And so if you go to the strip, it's just absolutely deserted. Everything is shut down. Um, I've been here about seven years and I've never seen anything like it. Even if you go in the dead at night, there's still a pretty heavy traffic there. And so now it's just uh, uh, like a ghost town and um, everything is closed, you know, except for just grocery stores and uh, stuff like that. So yeah, it's uh, the apocalypse is here. Yeah. Unless you were, uh, you know, 80, unless you're 80 something years old and you were around for the last depression, you know, the, the great depression <laughs> of 29, you've never witnessed yeah. anything like this. And even they haven't seen anything like this virus before. It's just it's like completely crazy. I don't know. It, well, I mean, what is it? Something like 80% of people that get it are asymptomatic and almost right. everybody who's dying from it would have died from something else anyway. Um, I mean, if you look at Italy, the, the, the deaths are all like 70s, 80s and 90s, or at least they were the last time I looked. So um, uh, in, in my mind, this is just a bankster heist. Um, and relative to the matter, the matter at hand, uh, these set, this set of circumstances is precisely what we had in mind when designing Epic, and I think that with this um, unprecedented money printing of, of trillions of dollars inside of a week, um, that can't but can't help but drive the value of uh, scarce assets like Bitcoin to levels we've never we've never seen before, which I think is is a hundred thousand because Bitcoin is an exponential phenomenon that goes from a penny to ten cents to a dollar to ten dollars to a hundred dollars to a thousand dollars, and here we're at that approximately ten thousand dollar level, mm -hmm. um, and next stop is is a hundred thousand. Um, so I, I think for people that are positioned well, um, especially with with Bitcoin, maybe some of the other some of the other assets, um, you know. The, 
there's going to be a massive wealth transfer. Um, Bitcoin is the best financial asset that was ever created. Um, it's not, it's not perfect. And when we get into why we created Epic, we can discuss right. a few of those, a few of those things uh, of why we think that uh, uh, we, we have something to offer here. Um, but I, I mean, I think that this, this environment is going to cement in everyone's minds, the utility of Bitcoin as a way to protect your purchasing power over, over time, regardless of what the banksters do. Well explained. I know you're an Austrian school guy. I like to have Austrian school people uh, in my circle and on my, on, on my show. So I'm just going to get into it now. Um, when did you get interested in tech? And then when did you get interested in Austrian economics? I'm going to double up on the question. Sure. There. sure. So um, I'm a Stanford dropout. And uh, I made it through two years and uh, a few of those were programming classes. So I've always had an interest in technology. Um, I didn't end up pursuing computer science because I was um, running my own business at that point and uh, did that for about 20 years afterwards. Um, I would say that the Austrian economics part um, came when I was a kid. I mean, I've, I've read um, uh, stuff in the vein of Mises and uh, Rothbard and all those uh, guys from the time that, uh, you know, I was, <laughs> I don't know, 10 or something. So uh, I've just been fascinated by uh, the question of how, um, how the financial system got to be the way it is and who benefits from the structure uh, for my entire life. There's a great book that everybody should read called The Creature from Jekyll Island that goes into how the Fed is a private corporation, um, that the money system doesn't work the way we think it does. Um, and I think if we had education um, uh, of, of people just understanding, it's really simple stuff once once it's communicated well, um, that, that they would take, be able to take steps to protect themselves better than they, they currently can today. So it's been a, it's been a lifelong, a lifelong passion. And then when, uh, when Bitcoin came around, I came to Bitcoin from, uh, from, uh, from metals. I was looking for another asset that would help me diversify and, uh, uh, protect purchasing power in an event, something exactly like this. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, it was a natural step forward and, uh, yeah, so that's how I, how I came to, uh, to Bitcoin. It's the fusion of, of technology and economics. Yeah, I actually don't remember if you and I ever had the conversation about you first finding Bitcoin. So why don't you, you want to tell us, oh. <laughs> how did you find it? I don't remember if we ever had that talk. Yeah, I had I had super lucky timing. Um, I started getting involved right at the end of 2016. And then uh, uh, was completely obsessed all of 2017, and um, uh, not just Bitcoin, but uh, of course ICOs were all the rage back then, and um, there were new exchanges popping up every day, and new coins popping up every day, um, and a lot of uh, a lot of experimentation. I mean, we we know now that. Uh, the different uh, consensus mechanisms work better for different cases. Okay. Proof of stake is great for smart contracts um, and proof of work is absolutely what you need for a solid, a solid currency. Um, but there's other fascinating things like, uh, like DAGs um, and uh, various node systems and so on. So it was a, a real um, uh, steep learning curve. I, I probably was watching YouTube videos about, crypto and uh, reading white papers and stuff 16 hours a day most of most of 2017 yeah that's one of the things i love about you is that i can bring up a topic or you can bring up a topic and i feel like we can just have a conversation <laughs> just keep it going from that so yeah you're well read and i know you dig into stuff pretty deep so it's good to have uh, that knowledge and uh, get it out to my audience so when did you decide that you um that after you know you delved into bitcoin and you went down that rabbit hole you're an autodidact 
when did you decide that you know it needed a privacy we needed a privacy option and uh you know that you were gonna i think you had some talks this is i'm you know kind of privy to that that you guys were in like a group or something i think and you, you were tossing around the idea maybe of uh creating you guys creating a project together yeah, so I made a lot of a lot of great uh, crypto friends um, uh, throughout the. Sorry, my dogs are going crazy. Um, uh, I had a lot of uh, great people that I met that uh, usually just would talk online, and um, uh, we uh, I have actually met quite a few of them at, at this point. Um, so I would say the the ideas that eventually became Epic um, uh, were really amorphous in 2017, started to take shape in. 2018 and then really uh pedal to the metal to get something built in, in um in 2019 um yeah so that's how uh that that's how epic came to be all right so let's get let's get into uh, you know the the details more about epic when did you guys launch so the uh the mainnet launched about seven months ago and um uh we had one minor issue that caused uh, um, a little bit of uh, disruption for I think it was an hour or something like that uh, a few months in and so aside from that it's been functioning flawlessly um, every minute there's a block that's uh, that's emitted we're on a one minute block time rather than bitcoins uh, 10 minutes um, so it's been uh, pumping out blocks for seven months now um, the the supply model of, of epic is very similar to that of bitcoin let me see if I can figure out how to do a screen share here. Um, oh, okay, it's a big green button. There we go. So, uh, can you see that? Or? Yeah, it's it's on there. Go ahead. Okay, so um, this is the th this was the key design decision right here. Um, the supply of Bitcoin is never going to be greater than twenty one million, and every four years the supply emission rate goes down by half. Um, and so uh, the way we designed Epic is that it catches up with the supply of Bitcoin over the first nine years of existence. And in 2028, as of two happenings from now in Bitcoin, the uh, emission of, of Epic matches that of Bitcoin and they stay in sync forever. So we have a slow and gentle catch up um, that replicates or to the Bitcoin supply that rep replicates the principles of, of why you get that dramatic store of value performance um, as expressed in dollars with, with Bitcoin. So we actually have, uh, have four halvings between now and the singularity of when the supplies interact. So uh, this, this was one of the things that, um, that was cemented in, in the design very early on, because again, Bitcoin is the best financial asset that has ever been created. And <clears throat> all the other good stuff that the system does and, and fantastic properties it has are really secondary to this. Everybody knows what the supply is. Um, it's open source and it's trustable and people know that the, uh, the, the, the math is in their favor. And so we, what I find is that once people understand how central this is, they have that aha moment and go, ah, okay, you know, my money is, my money is safe here. Epic or uh, Bitcoin is a better, a better form of gold than, than gold is today in terms of being able to protect purchasing power. I totally agree with that. And you can kind of see the, uh, it's interesting what's happened to, um, to uh, gold as this, you know, a lot of people thought gold would just take off and it did a little bit, but then it's kind of pulled back. So it's interesting now. Um, I noticed a lot of, uh, I was looking at some gold sites yesterday and a lot of them have gone offline because, you know, they have to have physical people there to ship the gold, keep 
keep the site online and, and uh, you know, Epic or uh, Bitcoin, the, the network, the network just keeps running. So um, I really think that, you know, blockchain is the future overall. Like, I don't, I don't really see any future for, I mean, metals are great to have uh, if, if the internet were to shut down or something like that and everybody was taken offline. But right now, uh, I, I think I agree with you, um, you know, Bitcoin and uh, blockchain are just way superior overall. So, yeah, there's no question. And there's a 10, a 10 year history now um, to look to look back on. So as time passes, the uh, arguments that the skeptics have um, really start falling apart. Absolutely. And then you look at like the Lindy effect and stuff like that, like you're talking about where um, the, it, every block, the, it just gets more and more uh, validation, uh, you know, outside of our community that this thing's here to stay. So what did, why did you decide to, uh, why did you guys decide to implement Mimblewimble uh, and use that protocol as opposed to something else in the privacy, uh, you know, realm? Sure. So Mimblewimble is, uh, it is really amazing. Um, in, in most privacy coins, you have a trade-off, specifically in the case of Monero, which is, is really a great, a great system. Um, the blockchain is quite a bit larger than that of Bitcoin. So the Bitcoin blockchain is about 200 gigabytes. And if that same transaction uh, history were expressed in, uh, in the Monero system, you would have a much bigger blockchain. And then in something like Zcash, um, the bottleneck is, or, or the, the scaling limitation factor has moved to, uh, to the processor. You, you need a heavy duty device. And so Mimblewimble is really light. Um, it compresses the blockchain data by not storing data that isn't necessary. It just uh, nets everything out through a process known as cut through. So uh, one interesting fact about Mimblewimble is that if the uh, transaction history of Bitcoin were represented in Epic, the blockchain would be at least 90% smaller. So uh, apples to apples, it would be 20 gigabytes versus uh, 200 gigabytes. So uh, that has important implications for uh, the, the variety of devices that can participate um, in the network and its various functions. Um, but the, the real reason or the, the biggest benefit of what Mimblewimble brings is privacy. Uh, Bitcoin is pseudo anonymous. Um, it is not private or anonymous. And so with Epic, you have, uh, you have true privacy without having to go through something like a mixer or something like that. And when you have privacy for all transactions rather than just some transactions, which again, in, in, in uh, other privacy coins, uh, for example, Dash or, uh, or Zcash, um, and some of the other ones, you have to kind of opt into the privacy and go through a different process. With Epic, all transactions are exactly the same. And what you get there is kind of the holy grail uh, what I think will will become increasingly appre appreciated as tainted coins um, start to become a problem and things like KYC and AML um, put more of a stranglehold on the freedom aspect of what we're doing here with this cryptocurrency experiment, um, which is fungibility. And fungibility is the, the is simply the property where each coin uh, is the same as another. The way I like to think of it is uh, if you have uh, money in your cash register, you don't or your wallet, you don't have to know which dollar bills you have. You just need to know how many you have. And so Mimblewimble um, enables all current coins to essentially be, um, you can think of it as melted down and reissued every time they're used. So there's 
zero ability to track the uh, track and trace the ownership history or where the coins went and to whom everything is is completely blind and that's and that's the main benefit yeah people that haven't done a lot of research on economics or money might not realize how important fungibility is but i think as we head further into this digital era it's going to be more um obvious that is that was one of aristotle's five uh, characteristics of good money i think so uh, yeah exactly that's yeah. you know uh, that, that that's a good a good way to look at it um we wanted to create the soundest form of money that has ever yet existed and so uh, before uh, before we came out um and i know this is a, a bold claim but it's really what we're aiming at here um you have you have bitcoin which is fantastic because it's portable it's divisible it's um uh it's it's scarce uh i can't remember what what the other ones are um but it but it's the best we have but it does not have privacy um at the base layer and because it doesn't have privacy it can't have fungibility um and so that's just a fundamental design aspect that um, that this new uh, th this new blockchain enables us to to solve. And the other thing is that because of the uh, the reliance on ASICs, um, mm -hmm. you have a, a centralization in the network at the hardware design level um, with companies like like Bitmain. Um, you, you really need access to the to the latest and greatest gear, um, and it tends to be geographically concentrated in places that have cheap electricity. Um, and so that's another kind of choke point that could become a risk factor for the network. And that's something we haven't seen yet, but it could be. And so that was an, the other key design decision that we made, which is enabling um, all types of hardware to participate. Every block, um, it, it's, uh, it kind of round robins between CPU, enabling anyone with an old laptop to mine. I've got actually this computer that we're talking on is a, an old laptop and um, it's mining in the background. So that's, uh, that, that's something that other, uh, other coins don't have. Um, and then if you have a, a graphics card, we have an algorithm that's targeted for that called, uh, called ProgPow. RandomX is the same uh, one as Monero uses that we target on the CPU. And, uh, and then uh, ASICs as well on the Cuckoo cycle. So I'll just share the screen right now and show you um, how that works. So uh, in, in the different eras, which are the, uh, the, the happenings, um, the first happening is coming up this summer where the emission rate of EPIC will go down from 16 per block, uh, so 16 per minute to eight per minute, and the percentages will change. So right now, 60% of the block rewards go to people who are mining on the CPU, 38% on GPU, and then only 2% for ASIC. And so we steadily reduced the amount of CPU rewards in favor initially of GPU, and then uh, more and more for uh, for the ASIC. Um, and the ASICs that our network uh, will run on as the years go by are not going to be likely the same uh, power, hun power hungry SHA-256 boxes that once they're obsolete, you can't use them for anything else. Um, uh, there's another algorithm called SHA-3 Kekak that you can have miners that cost, I don't know, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, something like that. They're really, really cheap to make. Um, and so that will enable the mining to be even more decentralized because if you have uh, really cheap, uh, really cheap power efficient devices. I mean, you could stick them in things like, uh, like solar panels or uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, um, gas flare uh, at, at the wellhead or, uh, yeah. or, 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 or things like that. I mean, we don't, we don't know exactly, but we designed it so that you can put um, any, any number of algorithms in there that you want. 
So those are, uh, and the reason for that, the reason that that's important is censorship resistance. If the network can be, can be influenced or blocked through, uh, through the concentration that we just identified through the, through, through the ASICs and Bitcoin, um, this enables a much more decentralized network to be, uh, to be created that doesn't have the same uh, censorship resistance properties as, as Bitcoin. So it, it addresses a number of things at, uh, simultaneously. So do you think uh, the ability for, um, with, with uh, the uh, scale, the, the ability to scale this through uh, the cut through and Mimblewimble and stuff, do you think that that'll provide you guys with a uh, opportunity to, you know, take the blockchain in your pocket? Uh, you know, I think that the future of blockchain and what you're kind of hinting at is like getting as many nodes out there as possible. Do you think that you guys will have a leg up on a lot of other projects in that regard? Yeah, we, we sure, uh, we sure hope so. I mean, um, uh, the, when you don't need as sophisticated, uh, or performance oriented hardware, um, uh, interesting, interesting things can, can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't really have a good crystal ball on that, but I think we're, we're well positioned. Um, what we're focused on right now is, uh, is, is usability. We, uh, we took the code base from, from Grin and forked them and, um, uh, they do a lot of, uh, really good work that, that we benefit from. Um, but they're focused on kind of the, uh, uh, the advanced functionality and, and the really pushing the frontiers of what's possible. And we're focused more on usability and having something that can actually be, uh, be used by ordinary people. Um, uh, we, we like to say that the, uh, the three functions of money are medium of exchange or store of value, medium of exchange and unit of account. And Bitcoin has really done a good job on the store of value uh, property, but it's not, really suited for and hasn't really gotten much traction as a medium of exchange, at least yet. And if you don't have uh, those two things, then you can never get to the point where you have uh, products and services denominated in Bitcoin as the, as the base currency. Um, So yeah, uh, uh, mobile mobile wallet and increasingly um, easy to use um, uh, graphical wallet. Uh, those are some things that, that are in the pipeline right now. And then um, opening up the mining as well. We're hoping to take mining from something that requires a lot of specialist knowledge and specialized hardware to something that, that anyone can do. Yeah, I think it's great that you guys want to get other people involved that, you know, maybe somebody just comes into cryptocurrency and they don't want to spend a ton of money on mining. They can get in, and, like you said, mine on an old laptop or something. I think that's pretty cool. So yeah. what's the, what's the 2020 roadmap right now? Uh, we're, we're just finishing up the first three months of the year. Uh, what, what kind of roadmap do you guys have? Sure. So uh, version 2.5 is what we're working on right now, which will uh, bring a bunch of usability enhancements and um, uh, bug fixes and, and things like that based on feedback from, from the users. Um, and then uh, Grin is actually on version 3.0 of their code um, uh, or even something greater than that. That's the last uh, major release. And so we did what's known as a rebase to uh, kind of synchronize our code with the latest functionality from Grin. And then we're going to release that in our version 3.0. And then uh, uh, certain new features will uh, become possible based on that. Um, uh, we hope to, uh, to have, have the mobile wallet out um, and also a web wallet um, 
uh, already there's there's open source pool code up on um, up on github and really just growing the growing the community we need we need investors to understand that this plays uh, a role in their in their portfolio in a certain place um, we, we need people to keep using the uh, the system as money and providing feedback as far as how we can keep making it better um, and then continue to grow the mining community as well and uh, and and bring it to people that hopefully it's their first mining experience I'm interested in um, you know I actually think I, I look at a lot of different projects but I think Chainlink's going to be something that's important. Have you guys talked to anybody like Chainlink or anybody that's like focusing on uh, being an Oracle to, I think, I think that you guys can provide them something with like, you know, a back and forth, you know, with the privacy and uh, stuff like that. Have you talked to anybody like that? I, this is something that I've never talked to you about. I don't think. No, I mean, there's, there's really no need. Um, they're, uh, they're plugged into primarily the Ethereum ecosystem um, and some other blockchains. Um, I mean, if you're, if you're trying to do dApps uh, on a smart contract platform, then Oracle functionality makes a lot of sense. But as a pure play currency, um, uh, we, we, don't, we don't attempt to, uh, to do things like smart contracts, at least at this point, um, because the functionality is really purely suited for being the, uh, the the best form of money that's uh, that's ever been created, um, right. so no, I, I really don't see much opportunity for that. What I do see is um, there are certain certain services and products that are a really appropriate fit. Um, uh, I think if, uh, VPN companies might want to offer a discount if uh, if paid in Epic. It's uh, ideologically it's a perfect fit for uh, for for what they're selling. Um, it makes perfect sense. The user base is uh, is is naturally interested and understands right. privacy. So uh, it's early yet, but I, I hope to see uh, again, you know, actual usability as money on an increasing basis. Perfect answer. Yeah, I think I I never thought about the VPN idea. Um, yeah, that just makes that makes perfect sense to to uh, get that niche crowd in there. So what about um, the exchanges and stuff? Do you want to tell people like the best place to grab some Epic if you're not in the mining? Uh, sure. Cool. So uh, there, there's not a lot of volume. Uh, we, like uh, every other uh, uh, privacy coin, um, have, have just been crushed in this bear market. So the, the value is, uh, uh, is laughably low. I think we've, we've likely hit a bottom because uh, there's, uh, there's big orders in there and people just aren't selling. Um, so I don't know what, what price uh, needs to be discovered for people, for those miners that have mined the 5 million coins or so that are out, 5.5 million, I think. Uh, but, you know, people are just choosing to hold based on whatever target price they have rather than selling. Um, so it's kind of tough to get significant quantities, at least today. Uh, but um, uh, Vitex, V-I-T-E-X, is a, is a DEX-based exchange that has a good mobile experience. Um, and there's no KYC on that one. Vindax is another one um, that has no KYC up to 2 BTC a day. So that's interesting. Um, uh, the most, uh, the, the most volume historically is on this one called Cytex, C-I-T-E-X. Um, and we have, we have another exchange, but, uh, those are, are really the main ones that, um, that I'd recommend people use today. Okay. And I want to get into like some other things here on, on sure. outside of Epic real quick. So what are you, what are you thinking about? Are you, do you, I mean, I think we had this little pullback here, but we're still in, uh, the landscape of a bull market. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, do you think this is a bull market or <laughs> a bull market and which assets? I, I, well, I still think we're in a crypto bull market. I think I, I sort of think that we have these, 
three or four, more like two and a half, three year bull markets. And then we have that three year bear market. And we're, but in these bull markets, we have short bear markets. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I would, I would say that that is a long-term, uh, a long-term bull market. I mean, clearly we've seen, uh, crypto, we almost touched a trillion overall market cap, or maybe we did on the last cycle back. I think, uh, I think the peak may have been February, 2018 or December 17, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now we're at about 170. So I think we're going to see a trillion on the next leg up. Um, but we might go down under a hundred billion on the way, on the way there. The beauty of the, the math of these cryptocurrency systems, Bitcoin being the, the best example of it is just, you can't argue with the math of them. Unlimited fiat printing on the one side, meeting the brick wall of, uh, of the stock-to-flow model that uh, really uh, uh, protects people's purchasing power better um, with, the, with the constantly declining um, emissions. So, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, uh, we definitely will continue to see um, greater, uh, greater market cap um, and increasing reliance on the different the different opportunities that that crypto assets provide for people in the various parts of their financial lives. I think things like stablecoin and the whole DeFi space are really fascinating. Um, I mean, long-term stablecoins reduce your reduce your value by tracking the dollar, but they're kind of an essential piece of financial infrastructure, if you will. I mean, uh, uh, we, we've seen uh, things like uh, like Kyber and Uniswap and DYDX and AirSwap, and I can't even keep track with <clears throat> all of the players that are in that space. But it's really fascinating. The vision of uh, of banking without banks is here. Um, you can get you can get eight and twelve percent interest on a lot of these stable coins um, without even surrendering your 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 keys in a lot of cases through the non custodial options. So um, we're really starting to see. I mean, the the price is a uh, is a trailing factor. And historically, what we've seen during the crypto winters is people build the stuff that's going to drive the uh the heat in the next bull market and so today's the the winners of tomorrow uh in large measure already exist even if they're uh, mostly unrecognized so um yeah that's that's how i see it that made me smile man uh i I really i love to see uh the, the banks need the competition as you and i both know and um to see this space like it's like growing up before our eyes right now it's pretty cool to watch yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it's still uh, it's still not too late for uh, for for really broad spectrum experimentation like we've seen. I mean, uh, it's Coin Gecko is kind of the new market cap or Coin Market Cap rather. They have seven thousand coins on there. I mean, seven thousand coins keeps <laughs> going up uh, faster than I can count. Um, and so uh, you have your open source projects. You know, sort of the uh, the the good old days of cryptocurrency, but Bitcoin came out in 2009. Uh, Litecoin, I think was 2011 or 2012. Mm-hmm. And then Monero in 2014, those kind of uh, reflect major, uh, major points on the evolutionary chart of, of crypto. Um, and then, you know, we, we hope that as a 2019 entrant based on Mimblewimble, that we'll have something to offer as the, the, the network continues to be increasingly proven. Um, and uh, the functionality is there and uh, 
you know, we really have a lot of uh, roadmap from the other coins experiences to, uh, to focus on. That's another thing that I, I probably should mention is that um, as we've seen like today, Telegram's, um, Telegram's ICO got blocked from uh, sales to non-US investors. Even though they didn't sell to America, they had a handful of people who resold the tokens into America and now they're tied up in this New York, uh, New York lawsuit that's blocking their 1.8 billion token sale from going through. Um, and so a lot of the projects, uh, I, I love Chainlink, but you know, if you raise money from investors, then you got to pay attention to securities laws. Right. Um, and even something like a, like a pre-mine arguably has some of the same properties as, um, uh, as raising funds through an ICO or IEO. Um, and so we launched as a fair launch supply started at zero, no pre-mine and no ICO. Um, so hopefully that's something that, uh, uh, I, I don't wish, uh, pain on, uh, on other projects like Telegram has seen, but it is a risk factor if anything really becomes, uh, becomes successful. I think, I think EOS had to fork out 27 million, if I remember, um, maybe six, nine months ago within the past year to settle their issues. Um, and so that's, you know, creates uncertainty. Um, it creates delistings, the Coinbase in the UK, uh, cut off Zcash, the Korean exchanges, um, delisted Monero last year. Um, and so the design of Epic enables, uh, that, that not to be an issue, or at least we, we hope so. Yeah. That's one of the cool things that I, I, and I really appreciated watching that firsthand when you guys launched is that, um, even, even our beloved Bitcoin, uh, you know, Satoshi has, is sitting on a, a million coins and people don't, I mean, people don't really talk about that too much. And I don't, I think he's probably, uh, gone now and that's probably a topic for a different show, but, uh, yeah, it's important that, you know, there's not some uh, overlord maybe with uh, you know every single coin uh, that was that was mined in the first month or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've uh, uh, we, we've had a tremendous response from the mining community. It's it's kind of cooled off a little bit um, a little bit now because hash rate, of course, follows price. Mm-hmm. And if you have big electricity or capex bills to pay, then you have to go uh, sell something that is immediately liquid. Whereas we're more of a speculative hold it long term play. Um, but uh, the the good part of uh, the distribution strategy of uh, of proof of work and and no pre mine like we did, is that the the coins are really widely distributed um, because you can't track anybody's money movements except your own in Epic. There's no ability to do things like a rich list and uh, watch people watch whale balances on the blockchain. So we don't really uh, we don't really know in that way, but anecdotally, just through talking to people. Um, I mean, I don't think there's any individual holder that has more than a couple percent. So, um, uh, again, hopefully that will, uh, will, will help the network grow and thrive. Yeah. Just for posterity, I always like to throw out the Bitcoin price while we do this show. It's like $6,200 and you know, it's always moving, but it's time to buy. Yeah, it is. It's April 1st and this isn't financial advice, but it's April 1st, 2020. Um, I just have a couple more questions for you, Max. Uh, what, uh, this is a, this is, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, um, I'll ask you this question in terms of Bitcoin and Epic cash. So you can answer both individually if you want, or, uh, what does Bitcoin, I always like to kind of wrap the show up, uh, you know, with this, what does Bitcoin mean to you and what does Epic cash mean to you? Right. So, uh, <clears throat> Bitcoin to me, um, I, I think of money as simply a, uh, a, a shared, 
idea of what's valuable, a shared standard of value or uh, a measuring stick in, uh, in, in the economy. Um, and so Bitcoin is, the, is simply the best money that has ever been created. It's not the best currency, but it is the best form of money, um, at, primarily as, as demonstrated through its store of value properties. And so Epic has the exact same supply um, scarcity properties that have made Bitcoin successful. So that makes me optimistic about the, the long-term uh, potential for, for Epic to be valued as a, as a financial asset. But the, the biggest thing is that in Bitcoin, um, it, is not, uh, it, it is not free anymore like it was in the early days. Um, we've seen increasing reports of things like um, people withdrawing to a mixer, having their transactions blocked. Um, I think that was maybe Binance, uh, but they're not alone. All the KYC and AML and uh, having to track down the Mt. Gox coins and the uh, BTCE coins and Every hack, every designated terrorist, uh, Litecoin, uh, certain Litecoin addresses got designated as a um, uh, Chinese drug kingpin, and now you have to, to trace those and block them. I think we're, we're going to see that Bitcoin today is more like collectible gold coins um, that have a different value and need to be looked at individually versus uh, something that uh, they're all kind of the same and how it was in the, in the early days. I think we're going to see a two-tier market of kind Kind of uh, clean and uh, uh, pre-screened coins that are more expensive than ones where you take a risk that might have been used in darknet uh, applications or uh, hack or scam coins or, or things like that. And so what Epic means, means to me is that it represents the, uh, the possibility for people to compete on an open playing field through mining by contributing their computer resources to help secure the network and earn coins um, and, and, and really have a, a possibility to return to the roots of what Satoshi wanted in his original white paper. Um, I hope that what we've created here is the closest thing to true P2P electronic cash. Um, and of course, the main benefits there are, are privacy and the fungibility that that delivers. Um, if you don't have to worry about which coins went where and who had them in the past, um, then just the, the, the network becomes a lot simpler because you don't need all that chain analysis stuff. Yeah, that's why you guys are my favorite privacy coin, to be honest. I'm, I, I should be more biased as a journalist, but you guys have fungibility, privacy, and you also have the scarcity, which I think the other models uh, kind of fell short on and even Monero that had, you know, I, what, I, what's the supply of Monero? About 18 million. Yeah. They, they, it's 18 million, but they have their, their privacy limited. technology isn't as good now. It's like, in my opinion that, you know, I think Monero is good, but it's just, it's like Bitcoin. It's like you said, it launched, uh, Monero launched in like 2014. So it's, it's just a little bit older now. And, you well, know. you know, it's, it's, uh, they've, been, they've been continuing to develop it. I was at um, MoneroCon in Denver last year and met a lot of great people. And then the Monero Village at DEF CON after that. Um, and so it's got a great community. They've continued to improve the technology quite a bit. Um, and I think that it's going to continue to be really successful. I mean, uh, Monero as the leader in uh, privacy coins, I think, is only 700 million market cap today or something like that. What is it? Uh, 35 bucks times 18. So yeah, maybe even 600 million. Uh, I think it was 1.4 billion uh, er, uh, earlier this year, um, or within the within the past year. So let's call it around a billion dollars on something of an overall market cap 
um, for the market of something closer to $200 billion. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a really small market and there's a lot of room to, a lot of room to grow. I think uh, beam is doing amazing stuff. Um, and, uh, of course, Grin uh, has, has great technology as well. So um, I think we're going to continue to see a lot of innovation in the, in the privacy coin space. The competition is good for us all. Uh, you and I both know that. The best will rise to the top here. So I appreciate you coming on the show today, and uh, I hope you want to come back on again in the near future. Do you want to drop any uh, where people should go, like on uh, any of the social media or website? Links? Sure. So um, the website is epic.tech and the white paper is a, uh, is a great resource. Um, but uh, uh, the best place to come is our Telegram, which is uh, just epic cash um, in the search feature of Telegram. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so if you uh, want to get involved and you like what you see, just come in and say hi. And uh, we have a friendly community of people that are there pretty much 24 seven to help point in the right direction. And there's a mining telegram and other ones for uh, different, different uh, languages and stuff. So I would say, come in and say hi and, uh, um, and, and take a look around. That's, uh, that, that, that's one of the major strengths of, uh, of the project is that it's a community-based effort and anyone can participate. And for everybody that doesn't know this white paper, their white paper, the Epic Cash white papers in like 30 or 40 languages. Uh, right no not no not that many it's but, in a uh, lot of languages though it yeah. is in a lot of languages so if you know the major ones are definitely included so uh yeah go go over there read the white paper check it out uh and as we all know time is the most scarce asset so i'm, I'm gonna let you go and hopefully you want to come back on again soon and i'll say a proper sure. goodbye all righty thanks for having me yep